in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I am Alistair Stevenson and I want to welcome you to this service focused on the theme of generosity led by the congregation at St Gabriel's Greystones in Sheffield. It seems appropriate as we explore generosity to start our service just outside of our parish here on the edge of the Peak District, drawing ourselves to worship as we reflect on the abundant generosity of God displayed and expressed in the wonder of his creation. And so I invite you to join us in worship as we're going to head back into our parish to explore how God is blessing our communities with his generous and abundant love. God is able to provide us with every blessing in abundance so that by always having enough of everything, we may share abundantly in every good work. And so let everything be said and done in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God through Jesus Christ. Let us bring our gifts to the Lord, that they may be used for his glory. And may the Spirit of God fill our hearts as we come to meet him in this place. And so let's start our service by singing together.
as those who know the generosity of God, let us confess our sins, especially the ways in which we take his good gifts for granted. And so a moment of quiet and pause. Father, in all things you are generous towards us, yet we have sown sparingly. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Jesus, you show us the way of humility, yet we have given reluctantly. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Holy Spirit, you show us the gift of grace yet we have loved grudgingly. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. And may Almighty God, who in Jesus Christ has given us a kingdom that cannot be destroyed, forgive us our sins, open our eyes to God's truth, strengthen us to do God's will and give us the joy of his kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us pray. God of grace, ever creating and restoring, you breathe life into all things and embrace us with an everlasting love. Help us to grow in wonder and awe, to embody a spirit of gratitude and to dream generous dreams that in gathering what we have, we may graciously offer ourselves to accomplish what you will. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hi, my name's Catherine, and I'm here at St. Gabriel's Church in Greystones, Sheffield. And I'd like to tell you a little bit about our Blessed Greystones project, which began almost a year ago. And the idea came from a desire to serve our community in practical ways and to show the love of Jesus to them. Now, we're not a particularly big church, we don't have endless resources, but we do believe that when we give God what we do have, a bit of time and energy, that he can multiply it and do amazing things in the lives of those around us. And just like Jesus, when he took those five loaves and two fishes of a small boy, just what that boy could offer him, he multiplied it and made it feed thousands of people. So when we go out into our community, when we try and meet their needs in a variety of different ways, we ask that our generous God, our God of abundance, would go with us and multiply our offering so that many, many people could be blessed with his love and be drawn closer to their Father God. And so I'd love to tell you a little bit about what we've been doing in our community over the last year. Since launching Bless Greystones, we've been getting in touch with people and actively looking for the needs within our community that we could help to address. In January this year, we saw many families struggle with balancing work and homeschooling. So we offered free family wellbeing packs filled with fun activities to do together each weekend. One mum said, I just wanted to say a massive thank you for the extremely thoughtful and interesting family wellbeing pack we have just received. Having had a fairly challenging couple of days, trying to find ways to entertain my children, this came at just the right time. Hopefully your act of kindness will inspire other people to do the same. I know it got my older daughter and I thinking about what we could do to cheer people up. Then after hearing about how pressured the staff were at our local primary school, 
We created staff wellbeing packs with treats and encouraging cards for every member of staff to thank them for serving our children. Hello, my name's Chris Jennings and I'm the head teacher at Greystones Primary School in Sheffield. During the uh, hardest times really of the lockdown and when there was a lot of pressure on schools, a huge amount of pressure on school staff, we had a delightful and uplifting um, gift from St. Gabriel's as part of their Blessed Greystones initiative of um, a staff welfare box, one for every member of staff here. And there are over 90 members of staff. And it was so well received by all of the staff here. Everyone was incredibly grateful. Everyone felt um, very much uplifted very much supported, very much cared for and thought about. And uh, they were very, very grateful indeed. And it was a tremendous gesture and a, and a lovely um, part of the Bless Greystones initiative and uh, for which we are, were, are, and will always be uh, grateful. So thank you very much. On Mother's Day, we remembered women in our community who were living alone or isolating and asked people to nominate women they knew to receive a free gift. Then on the day, we had a team of volunteers from our Bless Greystones team delivering these free gifts to many women in the community who were isolating, living alone or who weren't able to see family that day. Every time a member of our community is blessed, we hope and pray that our generous God will multiply the effect of our work and draw that person closer to him.
When I came to university here in Sheffield, I remember being told that whilst it's one of the biggest cities in the country, it's also one of the greenest, with more trees per person than any other city in Europe. Here in Greystones, we're blessed to have a park in our parish. And when we come to the Bible, we read it through God's Spirit but also in the context and place that God has put us. And Jesus often used the context he was in to make illustrations and analogies as he taught. No doubt you will hear this in our Gospel reading from Matthew. But first we're going to hear from 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 11 to 19. But as for you, man of God, shun all this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of to Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep the commandment without spot or blame until the manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about at the right time, he who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, it is he alone who has immortality and dwells in unapproachable light whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honour and eternal dominion. Amen. As for those who in the present age are rich, command them not to be haughty or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share, thus storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of the life that really is life. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters. For a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? 
Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Hello, my name is Gully Francis Dehani, and I'm the Bishop of Chelmsford. Uh, I'm really pleased to have this opportunity to share a few thoughts with you, and I'm doing that from here in Chelmsford Cathedral. So now, may I speak in the name of God, who creates, redeems, and sustains. Amen. The Gospel reading that we've just heard from St. Matthew is one of my favourites, so much so that my husband and I chose it for our wedding service over 30 years ago now. I warm to the sentiment of not worrying too much what we're to eat, drink, or wear, but instead trusting in the God who knows us and will provide all that we need. And yet it also makes for difficult and uncomfortable reading. What must it be like to hear this portion of scripture if you're someone who in material terms lives in poverty? Someone who doesn't know where their next meal is coming from? how they're going to afford their child's uniform or this month's rent. So I want to be very cautious about what I say and emphasize that this passage isn't to be read literally. And yet it does have something important to say to us about the nature of faith and of our general disposition in life, particularly for those of us who live comfortably. Worrying is a human condition, of course, and we all do it, even though we know that seldom, if ever, does it solve anything. But here, Jesus is pointing towards a different way of being, which is about an intentional leaning away from worry and towards greater trust in God. This is something that we often say as Christians, but very few are really able to live it. But what has all this got to do with generosity, which is the theme for this week's service? Well, there was a clue in our first reading from 1 Timothy, where Paul contrasted the folly of setting our hopes on the uncertainty of material riches, in verse 17, against the call to be rich in good works, generosity, and the readiness to share, in verse 18. For it's these things, Paul says, that lead to the life that really is life, verse 19. Material riches versus richness of spirit and generosity. And I want to suggest that if we're able to loosen the grip of undue worry and anxiety, we're much more likely to unlock the key both to a sense of gratitude and in turn to greater generosity generosity of spirit that leads to generosity of action. For worrying less about what we don't have or what we're fearful of losing means we're much more able to focus on the good things, on what we do have and our willingness to share it. So anxiety and generosity are directly linked. 
The more anxious you are about how much money you have, what car you drive, how perfect your life is, how to maintain your status and position, the less generous you're likely to be. Now, I'm not talking here about the need to get rid of our possessions or feel guilty about enjoying them, far from it. I'm simply talking about freedom from being overly attached to them. So there's something here about sitting lightly rather than clinging on fast. My family arrived here in England unexpectedly in 1980 following the events of the Islamic Revolution in Iran. My parents lost their home, most of their possessions and everything that they'd worked for and built up. But over time, and with help from the generosity of others, they made a home here in England and soon began to gather around them new belongings. And they enjoyed these things that helped turn their house into a home. But they were never overly attached to them. They weren't defined by them and they didn't live in fear of losing them again. They took pleasure in them, but they knew that if they lost everything again, that would be okay. So they were released from fear and they were generous to a fault in every aspect of their lives. And that generosity meant that they were people who others loved to be with, a couple full of joy and deep faith. My sense is that in the Church of England, we have a little way still to go in understanding the full extent of what it means to live as generous disciples. There are many, of course, who give of their time, money and commitment. And that means that we can continue serving the communities that we're part of. But there is space, I believe, for an even greater outpouring of generosity in our shared life together both a generosity of spirit towards one another, and especially towards those who are different from us, but also generosity in our financial giving. In Jesus Christ, we have a savior who gave everything. He emptied himself in obedience to his father and in service of others, and he was faithful even to death on a cross, the ultimate sacrifice. He gave without counting the cost, and if we're to become more Christ-like, then we too are called to give without counting the cost, to give of our best, not just the scraps or the leftovers, not just the bare minimum, but to give abundantly. We are called to practice generosity in every area of our life, trusting that God will transform what we give of our time, our money, and in how we make space for others, that God will use these in ways that we may never fully know about or even be able to imagine. In church circles these days, there's often talk of scarcity, of how the Church of England no longer has the status and position we once did, of our financial struggles and our worries about future survival. This narrative feels this narrative fuels fear, it dampens generosity, and it undermines our mission to share the good news of Jesus Christ. It demonstrates a lack of trust in the God by whose grace the church has survived this long and who will lead us into the future.
In fact, in many of our parishes, schools and chaplaincies, places I visit, I see extraordinary signs of life and vitality. I see good people worshipping faithfully and serving their communities. Yes, things are changing. Our gatherings may often be smaller and our influence less tangible. And that can be unsettling, but our faith compels us to take hold of the life that really is life, both as individuals and as a church, to live as those who are free of fear and full of generosity, and as harbingers of hope in our communities. Amen. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father. God from God, light from light. True God from true God. Begotten, not made. Of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
Let us give thanks to God for his gifts so generously given to us and for the blessings we are called to share.
generosity and love encouragement and hope for openness in invitation and hospitality for wisdom in the gift of friendship we offer ourselves to you O god for serving you as you deserve for following our call as your disciples for serving you with gladness of heart we offer ourselves to you O god for being a blessing through the blessings we receive for generosity which enables mission for sharing abundantly in every good work. We offer ourselves to you, O God, for living a generous life, for our actions to point beyond themselves, for our generosity to be an expression of love and gratitude. We offer ourselves to you, O God. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for your generosity to us, for the beautiful world you have created, for Jesus who came to give us life, for your abundant love and grace. Take some time now to think about some things you want to say thank you to God for. Allow your mind's eye to wander around the place where you live, your home and your neighbourhood. When your mind rests on something you are grateful for, give thanks. For all these precious things, we give you thanks. Amen. Whenever you see these or similar items around your home in the coming week, allow them to remind you to continue to give thanks. Bless Greystones is how we as a church want to show generosity and blessing to our neighbours. We're now going to use some household items to help us to pray that we will be generous, depending on our particular circumstances. Lord God, Please help us to be generous in our daily lives, so that we might bless our neighbours. Help us to be generous in giving hospitality. Generous in our use of time and in the friendship we offer. Generous in our use of money and possessions. Generous with our gifts and skills. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Whenever you see these or similar items around your home in the coming week, allow them to remind you to continue to pray. Offering ourselves into the hands of God, as our Saviour taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. As we come to our offering, let's take a moment to consider our response to the generosity of God and what he might be asking us to give. Let's have a moment of pause. And so let us pray. God of all creation, the source of life and giver of all good things, through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. And with them we offer ourselves, that we may be used to serve others and give you glory. We make our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
And so as we draw our service to a close, my prayer is that God would send us out in the power of his generous spirit to live and work for his praise and glory, to be a blessing in our communities wherever God has placed us. And so a final prayer of blessing, the God of hope, fill us with every blessing that we may share in every good work and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Christ. Amen.